All right, Ricky, just finished watching uh, Batman slash Superman colon uh, World's Finest, and I am ready to talk about it. Oh, so sorry, Grayson. That was last episode. What are you talking about? We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. And I'm Grayson. And today we are going to be reviewing the 1998 action comedy Rush Hour. The thing that you might be listening to this podcast during is now what we're reviewing. It's finally come full circle. <laughs> Quick little housekeeping thing. Uh, if you guys have been uh, longtime listeners or a new time listener, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, you can follow the links or you can just search in your respective podcast app of sorts, Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Click on it, review us, leave us a rating. Maybe something like, I particularly liked uh, the part where they reviewed movies. It was adequate. That's pretty uh, general. Uh, because I mean, we, we do that start to finish, but yeah. Yeah. If you are looking for a loss of words, it's just a blanket template for you to start off with. And we really appreciate it. It helps us out in helping other people find the show as well. So thank you. So this movie came about, usually what we try to do is we try to be topical, uh, as topical as we can be with these retro movie podcasts. Like a sunscreen. (laughs) Right. Um, And I saw that they were doing a Rush Hour TV series on CBS of all networks. Um, And I was like, really? I was watching the I was watching the trailer with my wife and she said, isn't it too soon to do a Rush Hour reboot? I was like, actually, Rush Hour, I think they're actually due for a reboot. It's 18 years old. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. But yeah, because I I remember watching this um, when I was around middle school age, because the movie, I'm pretty sure it's PG-13. It is PG-13. Yeah, so at the, I watched this movie a ton at uh, the YMCA because I was in teen camp, like all the cool kids. And because we were teens, we could watch PG 13 movies. And so we watched Rush Hour a lot. You guys are so edgy. So edgy. Man, when I was a kid, I, like when I was four, I really mm-hmm. wanted to watch PG 13 movies uh, for the sole purpose of watching The Mask. Oh. And I knew The Mask was PG-13. That was the first time I really became aware of a PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait till I turned 13 and I was allowed to watch The Mask. <laughs> oh, man. I watched The Mask even when I wasn't 13. But that was because I was convinced Jim Carrey was just fun for the whole family. Your whole family went to go see Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> And we all walked away with the existential crisis. Everybody cry. <laughs> Give me you guys a little bit of history on this movie, Rush Hour. Uh, first, actually, was written as a spec script in 1995. Uh, we had screenwriter novelist Ross Lamana, um, and it was his agent that got 
the script over to a division of the Walt Disney Company, and then basically Arthur Sarkazian uh, basically became the producer. And so then after that, they got Roger Birnbaum um, involved, and then more or less the movie was made. That's a pretty quick turnaround from 1995 to 1998. Yeah, it really is. Like as soon as the movie was given a budget of $34 million by New Line Cinema, they got uh, director Brett Ratner to direct the movie. And Brett Ratner was a big fan of Jackie Chan's uh, Hong Kong movies and basically uh, (laughs) planned to reuse so many of the tropes from Jackie Chan's other movies show up in this movie as well like the whole carpet gag was one from his other movies as well Hmm. Um, but he also had a connection because he directed money talks which also stars chris tucker and so basically that movie was a success like a stupidly white success the seventh top grossing movie of 1998 in fact uh and it grossed over 140 million in the U.S. box office, and it's largely believed to be because of the success of the casting of both Quick Wit, Chris Tucker, and Quick Fist, Jackie Chan. Wow, that was a that was really well executed. Did you write that? I did not. That's on the VHS cover. Oh my goodness! Uh, it's on all the promotional material. Also. The fastest hands in the East versus the biggest mouth in the West. Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) That sounds like a different kind of movie. (laughs) Oh, man. And I don't get those channels. (laughs) Another really interesting quick fact is that according to uh, director Brett Ratner, this film is the first one released in the U.S., uh, featuring Jackie Chan in an English-speaking role without any kind of dubbing. Hmm. So before they had always had an American actor dub over? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because I do know in the outtakes at the end, when they roll the credits, he makes several references to how hard it is to act in English. Mm-hmm. Especially when Chris Tucker has to speak another language and he can't get it right. right. Uh, Jackie Chan's like, see how hard it is? Like, this is really <laughs> difficult. Yeah, and it was just, I mean, it was a surprisingly successful series. Like, the sequel, Rush Hour 2, uh, Rush Harder. Um, <laughs> Rush Another Day. Or um, Rush Hour 2, The Traffic Jam. Um, <laughs> I saw the Nicole Kidman sequel. Uh, it's just called The Hours. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that they, I don't think there's any relation between those two. Hmm. A lot less action. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the second movie was the most successful of the entire franchise. And they were originally planning to do a fourth installment where they go to Moscow. Because that's where you go when you have four of your movie franchise. But Jackie Chan uh, was actually reported in an interview after you know the, the trilogy, the Rush Hour trilogy was over. That he actually was not really that big of a fan of the Rush Hour films. Oh, really? Yeah, there's actually a quote of him saying, when we finished filming, I was very disappointed because it was a movie I didn't appreciate and I did not like the action scenes involved. I felt the style of action was too Americanized and didn't understand the American humor. But it was uh, Jackie Chan's first movie to break $100 million in the box office. So, uh, there's that. 
There you go. Do you know if Jackie Chan liked the Shanghai Noon movies? That's really what needs to be on the record. Man, I would love to see another Shanghai Noon movie. So they had Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights. Mm -hmm. What would the third one be? They always use the pun of high. So I would would think it'd take place as they sail to America again, and they get lost in the Caribbean, and they call it uh, Shanghai Tides. Very good. <laughs> yeah, and that's basically all the history I have of the movie. I remember it was so weird because I had not seen this movie probably since middle school or however old I was when I watched this movie. And there, like when I was watching it, so many bits were like just slowly coming back to me. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. And then like at the very end, I was like, I I have this whole entire last scene like just memorized. It was just like one of those, like way almost grayed out memories. I'm now making a inside out reference, uh, like memories when they, when they're almost just faded out. They just get sent to this uh, garbage heap of lost memories. It was almost there, but then rewatching it, I was just reliving so much of it, and it was great. It was great to re-see this movie. I did not see this movie until college. So I don't have like the nostalgia behind oh, really? it like some of the other movies that we do, but um, I really enjoy it. I love watching Jackie Chan just fight because so there's this video. Uh, we'll probably post it on our Twitter page, but uh, and we, I think we'll link it to the show notes as well. But you just have to see this video because it talks about an in-depth look at what makes action movies really entertaining and it we get used to seeing really cool action shots where most of the action scenes are done in editing. So like Born Identity, uh, you see Jason Bourne do all these really awesome things, but you see it through the mm-hmm. movie magic of quick cuts. But with action movies like Rush Hour or even Mission Impossible, you have these actors who do a lot of their own stunts. And so, you you have this sense of tension where you're just like, oh my gosh, are they like really going to like make it through this thing, or are they really actually doing this? And Jackie Chan does so many of his own stunt. Like, I'm pretty sure he does like all of them because I remember in Rush Hour Two, and uh, the outtakes they showed him knocking him his own self out, um, doing like trying to squeeze in between like this little bank teller window. He just slides under there, and one time he hit his head and just knocked himself out. And his whole body went limp. Oh my goodness! Like and he does so many of his own stunts, and he is just a joy to watch fight. Like the little games he plays, it's like a dance. Like I, I was getting giddy watching that. I'm like, oh my goodness, he is just so good. And I think that's something that you don't see um as much just because you know i mean most actors they want to not knock themselves out yeah i think the word dance uh you're absolutely right with that because i was watching some of these bits and it's like it's very similar to like the the make them laugh song in singing in the rain Mm -hmm. and like it has that same kind of precise nature but it, it also incorporates martial arts and it makes it something really special Absolutely. Yeah, I really enjoyed the, the scene where he is just like rolling in and out of these chairs and just like using his surroundings in a comedic like Jason Bourne. Like he's like 
Jason Bourne turning everything around him into a weapon, except in a non-lethal sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, like, throwing chairs at people. And the scene where he was trying to keep the vases from falling, <laughs> he's, like, still fighting these people. I'm like, this, I, oh, this is just so good. Yeah, they, they do a great job at having clear objectives in each fight, too. It's not just punch the bad guy. They're always going for something else, whether it's go for the gun, go for the vase, protect this person, uh... It, it adds a really nice dynamic to each fight. Absolutely. It, it, it was fun to see uh, Chris Tucker and hit like that scene where um, they're fighting together in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's like behind you. And they're like kicking each other or kicking the uh, other opponents and like swinging each other around. It was just a joy. Like I was just a lot for the ride throughout every single fight scene. Like, Jackie Chan <laughs> holding on to the Hollywood sign. Um, like, like fighting people with the steering wheel. Like, it's just these outrageous things that, like, on paper, if you didn't have Jackie Chan as your actor, you'd be like, I'm sorry, what? You want me to do what? How? When's the stun double going to come in? It's like, no, man, it's going to be you. I think Chris Tucker also gets credit for the energy that he brings to the movie to keep it moving along. Oh, yeah. I remember wanting so badly to be as quick-witted as Chris Tucker. I think that there are certain things that I knew was funny as a kid, but I don't think I was able to catch on to. But when he said, I want 20 million in 50s. Okay, 20 million in 50s, 20 million in 50s. (laughs) I want... 20 million in 20s. All right, 20 million in 20s. And I want 10 million in 10s. All right, 10 million in 10s. You want fives with that? <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh, it, it, it's, it's clever and it's great. And uh, I, I just enjoyed it. I, I, I'm prob- I, there's a solid chance I'm nostalgically biased, but I just love this movie. The one thing I did not notice as a kid um, was how. Uh, incredibly racist. A lot of these jokes were it's very racist. Uh, very. I mean, I I haven't seen the new Rush Hour TV sh- show, but uh, a lot of the humor and the banter between Lee and uh, Carter is kind of racially charged, which is something that I was not aware of as much as like one of my favorite lines was, was when. Lee was like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, quoted that all the time. I was just like, oh, I, I get it. And I was just like, but I thought I was laughing at Chris Tucker and not the fact that yelling uh, racial insensitivity to... We laugh at those that are different than us. Yeah. Like, They're so different from each other. Yeah. I, I think when the movie opened, I, I'd have to say I was most surprised by seeing one of my favorite people ever... Nice guy, Eddie. Nice guy, Eddie. Chris Penn. Up to no good. <laughs> oh, he will be coming up in my head headcanon. You better believe it. All right. So the movie is called Rush Hour, right? Yes, it is. Flawless transition. Now we're going to go on to our <laughs> segment called Second Take Title. I don't know why the movie is called Rush Hour. I couldn't find anything on, like, why the movie was called Rush Hour, other than that moment in the movie where he said, is there, is there anything wrong? He's like, no, it's just Rush Hour. Kablammy! It's a sweet name that gets you excited to watch some movie. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so 
I think that, you know, with a title like Rush Hour, you're not going to know just like off the cuff. Like, oh, this is a movie named Rush Hour. Oh, is it about traffic? No. Oh, is it kind of like a trains, planes, and automobiles type of thing? Not even a little bit. It's about Chris <laughs> Tucker and Jackie Chan and a buddy cop movie. It's just like, well, that hardly sounds like it would work as a concept so this has uh jackie chan right uh he comes in from hong kong okay right and he works with chris tucker who is from la right yes i say we call the movie layover i don't watch those kinds of movies (laughs) there it goes that's my that's my first one i'm gonna gonna spend more time on my next one but what about you uh i would suggest for my alternate title flight and fight oh way better way better because there's a lot of flying and even more fighting yeah and it's like the fight or flight response Mm -hmm. oh okay i got so this is a movie where jackie chan comes in to save the life of someone who he loves very dearly he has to fight his way through it right Mm mm-hmm and what they're trying to do is they're working together so he can rescue this little girl, right? Right. So I say we call the movie uh, Taken. <laughs> he has a very specific set of skills. Yeah, he does. He, he does. has a very specific set of skills. Uh, back to the the Shanghai Tides idea that I had for the third Shanghai yeah. Noon movie. Uh, there mm-hmm. should also be a fourth movie. I don't know what that would be called, Shanghai school. Um, <laughs> but they need to make a fourth one so they can make a fifth one and just call it Shanghai Five. There it is. So now is as good as time as any to go into head cannon. Head cannon. Fire in the hole. All right. So I'm so excited about this. Uh, with the like we said before, we have nice guy Eddie. Mm. So we talked about in our Reservoir Dog review mm-hmm. that there's this big question: is like, hey, so who shot Eddie? Right? Yeah. Like everyone else, like had a gun pointing towards them, but no one had a gun pointing towards Eddie. So we thought that it was going to be Steve Buscemi's character, Mister Pink, right? Yes. Who shot him? But what if he faked his own death? Changed because it his does name. take place in L.A. Yeah, it does. Changed his name and to so Clive. He... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just continues his life of crime. Oh, my goodness. Selling C4 out of yeah. a sedan. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and, he, and that's how he's just kind of continuing on the family business under a different family name. I, I would try to tie in Money Talks into this universe with Chris Tucker, but I don't know Money Talks that well. I think I only saw it once on Comedy Central uh, right before I had to go to school one day. Huh. I don't even have that much context. Of <laughs> I, my story of Money Talks is one day I went to school and never saw Money Talks. <laughs> Good story, Mark. <laughs> All right, do you have any headcanon? Well, you know, it's it's we took a couple weeks off. I missed yeah. the last one. Uh so I, I'm getting kind of back into the swing of things. So I want to go strong with this headcanon and say Okay. 
Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan, their mm. characters are actually the same person. <laughs> now, I think Please. there's evidence for either side as to which one is actually real and which one is the figment of imagination. Um, okay. But I, I, hmm, I go back and forth on it. I think that Chris Tucker is the real one. Oh, really? And Jackie Chan is the figment. See, I would say the other way around, but continue. The reason for it is because Chris Tucker experiences a lot of embarrassment at the beginning of the film. He is looked down upon, for the most part, in the police department. He aspires for greatness. He tells the story about his dad was the greatest cop. Uh, He Mm. wants that opportunity to show that. And so having a situation like this would be a dream come true for him. So I think he creates this alter ego to facilitate, uh, like, I don't even think the whole situation is necessarily real. I think this is what he Hmm. dreams about. (laughs) I like it. The reason why I thought it would be, um, the other way around is, um, because Jackie Chan doesn't talk a whole lot at the very beginning. Chris Tucker does like he doesn't stop talking. But wouldn't uh, that mean so. that Chris Tucker is the real one, and that as Jackie Chan becomes more solidified in his delusions, that's why he becomes more vocal? Fine, your head cannon solid. <laughs> Jeez, uh, no, that's really good. So my last head cannon is the idea that Rush Hour is actually the fan fiction of someone who is stuck in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. It's like, oh, if I got out of here, oh, man, I'd punch so many people. (laughs) Like, it ends with, like, like someone honking at Jackie Chan. He just wakes up. He's like, (laughs) he just keeps on driving. Uh, And then the guy who honks at him behind him is Chris Tucker. Well, that is the conclusion of our headcanon. Uh, let us know what you think your headcanon is for this movie on Twitter. Uh, we're not done with the podcast yet, but just wanted to let you know. Do it. Um, from my understanding, the new reboot, the main difference is that the characters are aged down significantly. I think mm. they're like young cops. James Carter and Lee, they're both like significantly younger. Like, I know this because uh, Carter's wearing a hoodie and young people wear hoodies, from what I've heard on the streets. And skateboard! <laughs> and skateboard! All right, and now we are going to introduce a new segment uh, called Almost Famous, uh, where we share with you uh, some people who were actually being considered for the role and we kind of explore that topic right there the segments can be really confusing if we ever watch almost famous oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i guess for that one we'll say just about famous so uh several people were uh considered for the role of james carter uh pretty sure that jackie chan was just always the first choice and once he said yes it's a great so who are we going to play opposite him uh one of the people who was considered for the role was will smith Interesting. now now will smith 
uh, at this point in time in his career, he had already done Bad Boys. Or no, take that back. He's done Independence Day. And he, I think he did do Bad Boys too. Not the bad sequel. Bad Boys. But as he well. did bad Yeah, he did Bad Boys as well. Yeah, he, so he did Bad Boys in nineteen ninety five. Um and this movie came out three years later. So I think either Will Smith didn't want to uh get shoehorned into being an amazing actor in an action movie. <laughs> um or maybe his contract just wouldn't allow it. But he was one of the people considered for the role. Um, Eddie Murphy was also offered the role of Carter because of his experience as the Beverly Hills cop. He can also improvise really well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which Chris Tucker did a lot of. Yeah, it's crucial. Yeah. Um, but, true story, Eddie Murphy was offered the role but turned it down to make Holy Man. Wow, so, I mean, that worked out for him. <laughs> Other people considered for the role included Martin Lawrence and Dave Chappelle. Interesting. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, so Dave Chappelle actually made a, uh, he has a, not a cameo, but he plays a role as a character in the movie with Martin Lawrence called Blue Streak. Oh, yeah. And uh, Dave Chappelle at this point in time is kind of like moving up in his career, just um, in his acting career, because he did Half Baked uh, in the 90s. He also um, was prominently in uh, The Nay Professor. We saw him in You've Got Mail. <laughs> yeah, like it would have just been right for Dave Chappelle. And I think it would have been actually really interesting. I think Dave Chappelle would have been a great Chris Tucker-like character. Yeah, I don't know if his energy ramps up as much as Chris Tucker's does. Just that incessant kind of, like, keep talking and yeah. he's not going to, like, give you a gap to stop him. Right. Um, but it would have been a, a really interesting energy with Jackie Chan. Yeah, I think he would have had, like, a slightly laid back. Like, he, he can do intense... But not like the like the way that you're describing Chris Tucker. But I can just imagine fifty million dollars. <laughs> Who do you think you kidnapped, Chelsea Clinton? I've been practicing my Dave Chappelle for quite some time now. It's all been <laughs> leading up to this moment. But yeah, I think Dave Chappelle would have been an interesting choice, and I honestly wouldn't have mind seeing him uh, play that role. In fact, if they were to do a reboot, uh, that's not the TV show. I would love for Dave Chappelle to make his triumphant return to comedy uh, in a Rush Hour reboot. That'd be interesting. I would like to see Kevin Hart. <laughs> oh, man. That would be amazing. He's coming out with that CIA movie. I'm really excited about it. Him and uh, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, but yeah, I think Kevin Hart would have been a really good uh, Chris Tucker stand in. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, man, you know who I would have loved to see? Hmm. Jay Farrow. Jay Farrow would be really great. That'd be that'd be a great project for him to launch from SNL, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for him to do... Uh, I think he would be just good in a cop movie. Like, I feel like that would be a great breakout role for him. Well, I think it's much harder to recast Jackie Chan, though. Oh, man. Right? Unless, like, I, I am having a very difficult time thinking like along the lines of kung fu action like martial arts trained like that kind of style um, yeah i mean but, i only know of donnie yen from um ip man, Ip man and, yeah 
but I feel like him in like a comedy role would be amazing because the first time I watched It Man uh, was one of the first times that my brain turned inside out uh, from just not being able to process all of the awesome action I was looking at. Yeah, that's true. It's incredible action. And I didn't realize it till just now, but I would really love to see a YouTube video of the Ip Man fights set to Huey Lewis called uh, It's Ip to be a Square. <laughs> it's Ip to be a Square. Well, I think that concludes our newest segment, Almost Famous. Now we're going to go on into uh, our final segment, which is reasons to recommend why we recommend this movie. Grayson, why would you recommend Rush Hour? I would recommend Rush Hour because it is an excellent example of a buddy cop while also being a fish out of water story. And both of these characters really do run the hero's journey uh, concurrently, which is very Mm -hmm. interesting. Sometimes with buddy comedies you will have one character that outweighs the other or is more developed than the other this one does a really nice job at balancing both characters and letting you into their their story so uh from a writing perspective i really appreciate it uh visually it is stunning some of the stuff that jackie chan can do uh like Mm -hmm. the way he scales a wall or the way he's able to throw his body to flip a giant puffy chair um it's just incredibly entertaining to watch the fluid motion of that and then finally uh chris tucker great improv skills uh high energy i watched this really late at night and i was still engaged because chris tucker just brings you in and just oozes charm uh so yeah a lot of things working well for it and i uh it's worth a watch yeah totally and i'd like to i mean i ditto your sentiments Uh. (laughs) and i also think that it's 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 interesting to me to know that this was like an original concept that Mm -hmm. was pitched um they easily could have done something like uh beverly hills cop like a reboot or like a beverly hills cop sequel or like a lethal weapon type of thing they could they could have built off of another franchise and they they decided to say like take their own idea like because buddy cops aren't new uh or Buddy Cop movies aren't new, but the movie is, it's fun, um, super entertaining to watch. Uh, I know I have a nostalgic bias because, um, you know, I I watched this in the 90s um, and in the early 2000s. And I remember when Rush Hour 2 came out, uh, I was just super excited because no one was expecting it. Uh, It was back before, uh, you know, we had trailers for everything. We had trailers for trailers that were being released yeah where the the trailers have their own titles (laughs) right (laughs) but like i went to the movie and saw the trailer when it was just jackie chad and chris tucker uh dancing in a car to war and i was just like no they're making a sequel yes and i was just super excited so i have a lot of uh nostalgic bias towards this movie but it's fun. It is just a, a treat to watch Jackie Chan uh, fight and to uh, really just see them tell like a pretty decent story with these guys. And like your point about their character arcs, it's perfect because like you see Carter's reservations of working with someone else 
and Jackie Chan's reservations of working with someone else and how they come together and they complement each other. Again, it's not a new concept, but it's fun to watch them do it. So if you are looking for a buddy cop uh, action comedy that has Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker in it, look no further than Rush Hour. Absolutely. And I mean, one actor that we've overlooked in the cast list is uh, Robert Littman, who actually played the role of first Caucasian. (laughs) Well, that just about does it for our review of Rush Hour. Let us know what you thought of the movie on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. And let us know what you thought of our review of the movie on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Search Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast, and you can let us know what you thought of our review, uh, and let other people know what you thought of our review, so that we then can have two more sequels made, and then a TV series, because uh, we're trying to build a franchise here. Thank you. And be sure to tune in next time, where we... Get back to the bare necessities. But you should see how I'm spelling bear. <laughs> With Jungle Book, the original um, animated movie, uh, not to be confused with the several other Jungle Book movies that were made, but this one is the Disney one from 1967. That movie is old. Oh my goodness, it's a true flashback. So be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until next time, remember to be kind and rewind. <laughs>